Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Well, if it isn't old JoJo. Well, come to JoJo's World, everyone. Hey, if you're listening to this right now, I know you're already here, but come on down to JoJo's World. And if you're not listening to this, start listening to this. Listen it's to JoJo's it World, baby. I'm Liam S. Smith. And one I'm, of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts who interrupts everything that Liam says. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6, Stone Ocean. Episode 5, The Prisoner of Love. A.K.A. Baseball Boys Exposition Zone. Baseball Boys Bizarre Baseball Adventure. I gotta know more about Baseball Boy because he dropped some fucking truths on us today. <laughs> well, Nick, I'm glad to share that you will learn more about Baseball Boy both today and in the future. Yay. Yep. I'm very excited. Nick, today we watched the fifth episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, The Prisoner of Love, which covers chapters 20... Well, hang on. Depends how you slice <laughs> Definitely it. not chapter 21 20. through 25 of the Stone Ocean manga, but of course that's not how we count it here at JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Don't sicken me with that sort of counting style. Chapters 615 through 619 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the manga by Hirohiko Araki. Ah, neat. What? Our patrons. Ah. Uh-huh. Who today is Callum Lachlan. Callum Lachlan. Or Callum Lolan. Or Callum laugh in. No. Suck it to me. There's definitely an L there somewhere. I was thinking about laugh in yesterday. Go on. And I only know it from pop cultural osmosis. Hmm. But as far as I can tell, it was like a 60s counterculture aesthetic sketch show or variety show. Hang on. Are you talking about laughing? Laugh in. Laugh in. What the hell is laugh in? I'm literally explaining it to you. Is this some kind of 60s counterculture? You literally interrupted my explanation (laughs) to ask what the hell is that? Yeah, well, that's what I always do. (laughs) When have I ever not done that? 60s, like hippie, free love, or 70s, whatever. I don't know when Nixon was in the White House. (laughs) I'm not an American historian. Like the 90s. Uh, Yeah. I believe it was... November 2016, when Nixon was elected to the White... Anyway. Uh, he arose from his cold grave. Countercultural sketch comedy aesthetics that were co-opted as a Nixon propaganda vehicle, uh, possibly in the midst of Watergate, I'm not sure, when he famously went on the show and intoned, Sock it to me. Oh, God. Is this like... To um, make him seem approachable and willing to be made fun of, I guess. Yeah, was this his vague attempt to be like, I'm not serious, you're serious. Yeah, I'm not an evil villain, I'm willing to let them make fun of me. Anyway, back to massive corruption. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Let's go out there and win this one, buddy. I believe he called his wife Buddy. Buddy? Mm -hmm. Why, what was her real name? I don't care. Budlin. Just like Laughlin. His his wife's name was, of course, Bud Light Limerita. <gasps> it goes all the way to the top. So she was made... married to one of the Budweiser frogs. Who, ironically, uh, got eaten by the Coors crocodile. That's from Futurama or something. It's definitely from Simpsons. That, yeah, that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns gets radioactive and he's all like, I bring you peace. He's bringing peace. Get him. Because of his medical... Um, eye drops and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then we're all like, he's bringing love, get him. In conclusion, Nixon. 
One of the, one of the evil presidents. Thank you, Callum Lachlan, for reminding us <laughs> of Richard Nixon. <laughs> thank you for your support, and thank you on a deep level for listening to this podcast. So, Nick. Yes. I would like to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohika Araki, the author and artist of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, the manga by Hirohiko Araki. He could never be related to Richard Nixon. He's too pure. And there's some, you know, ethnicity indicators there. Well, we don't know that. (laughs) Hirohiko Araki could... They're probably of a similar age as well. Yeah, well, for all I know... Nixon's dead, I believe. Yeah, for all I know, Araki could be uh, anything. You know, I've never met him. I've never gone into his legacy. I don't even know what he looks like sometimes. Nick, if you care to cast your puerile brain back a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. we uh, left the last author's, author's note on a puerile. two... <laughs> <laughs> on a two be continued. Uh, it was, of course, Workplace Nature Watch Part 4. What happened to that frog? Or whatever it was no, he was No, he was watching. buying... Um, he was buying produce to grow it himself and wondering what the return would be. Produce to grow himself. No, wasn't he buying it for something? No, he was buying it to grow it. Oh, okay, all right. Sure. I reread it to check. <laughs> Were you enlightened? Workplace Nature Watch, part mm-hmm. five. The foot of the Namako mushroom is very long, like a stem. It's said to be delicious, but the majority of people find it ugly. Mm. Shopkeepers are forced to cut them or else they don't sell. As for me, I've decided that my tomatoes will have the smell of real tomatoes. <laughs> my mushrooms? Yeah, they're cool, but my tomatoes? Nowadays, farmers manage to produce odourless tomatoes because a lot of consumers find the smell disgusting. Did you know that? I have a feeling the same practice happens in the world of manga. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking about, like, corporate sanitization of products. It all comes back to capitalism. Ugh. Wait, what's the photo this time? Uh, he is wearing a nice shirt with like a... Not sunflowers? Almost sunflowers, but there's a bit more going on there. Daffodils. Like if you uh, put a orchids. sunflower at the centre of an avocado, or at the centre of a um, a peacock's swirled out feather tail feathers. Mm, a whirlpool within an ocean. So those are on his shirt, yeah. and he's in some sort of... Planetarium. Plantarium. Uh, uh, Arik... Nick, I watched Adolescence of Utena last night. Go on. The movie adaptation of Revolutionary Girl Utena. A show show that we watched. Recently. And it was extremely good. Um, We weren't expecting it to be as good as it was, in fact. Yes, much better than I thought. And rather than uh, ramble aimlessly about what I thought about it, I will just quote the day after thoughts on Adolescence of Utena I put in our Discord this morning. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What did you think? Because I definitely read it. Oh, it was really I, good. I totally read everything that you posted. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll go back to my start of my watch through. Um, I love that there was two new shadow girls, uh, mm-hmm. Eco and Fco, who ran a radio show. Nice. Uh, I love that the school is like this big MC Escher mass of, of stairways and girders. Mm, as if to represent the, uh, the MC Escher-esque labyrinth of life, perhaps? You said it, not me. Okay, great. Um, Nanami and Choo Choo were both only in one scene. Nanami is a cow for that scene. Confirmed she did not escape the allure <laughs> of the cowbell. Um, okay. 
Day Afterthoughts. A good adaptation of the overall story for movie format, though it does strip away some of the charming ambiguity and some of the relationship remixes were surprising. Mm. Shiori was one of the main human antagonists for some reason. You remember Shiori, Juri's lover? Juri's lover who had, like, cancer or something? No, that's Ruka. Shiori's the girl. Oh, Shiori's the girl! Yeah. Yes. Why is she a main one? She just was. Okay. Also surprising but not bad, there were only two sword fights. And the climax driving sequence was much better than I expected. Of course, uh, we all know and remember that uh, the movie culminates in Utana turning into a car and then Anthony driving her to freedom. I'd always, as I said to you this morning, I'd always gotten the impression from my reading that that was something that is forcibly done to her by this malicious car wash. Mm -hmm. But on watching, my impression is much more that upon obtaining the power of miracles and winning the dueling game, she turned herself into the car to become the vehicle of Anthe's escape. Ah, metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. But also literal. (laughs) (laughs) I will literally become the car. How's she going to turn back? She just did. They drove, they drove, Anthe drove the car through... Uh, the prince slash Archeo, who was yep. dead for the most of the runtime, yep. uh, shouting, grant me the power to bring the world revolution. <gasps> and when she came out the other side, Utena was human again and they were both naked. Oh, okay. All right. Also, Anthe has a lot more agency in this version, which is a cool alternate take. Also much more explicitly gay and romantic. <laughs> They knew what they wanted. The chase sequence is also commentated by the Shadow Girls, whose radio studio transforms into a Nerve-style computer base. What? What the hell is Nerve? Like, from Evangelion. Oh, okay. It plays Absolute Destiny Apocalypse when Utena is transforming into a car, and it plays the main theme while Anthe is stunt-driving her to escape uh, the giant castle on wheels and the world of Ottery Academy. Mmm... I would describe Mickey as technically in the movie and Cosawe as even more technically in it. <laughs> Which one was Cosawe? Mickey's sister. Ah, yes. They needed to have them in there, but they were like, uh... Cosawe literally has one scene in the bath with Mickey. In the bath? <laughs> yep. She's bathing his back, talking about how they'll never get back what they had when they were kids. Mm. And then later on, we see a car with her name for its license plate. I see. Just like the Utena car has Utena for its license plate, uh, the student council members are at one point driving a car that says Wakaba on it. And when Shiori turns into a car to try and attack them on the way out, uh, the the license plate is Shiori. So, question then. Yes. Does it feel like a movie made for people who have already seen the show? Or does it feel like you could come in, watch it, and be like, I get Utena now. I understand it. I think both. Okay. Because it's... Would you get all the references that they make? No. Okay. You would not know what's going on with the cow Nanami scene. Yeah, so it's definitely for people who've seen it already. But it also tells like a, a neat, a tidy enough standalone story for if you haven't. Okay. Right. Also, um, Toga died when Utena was a little girl, dr- saving drowning jury, and is kind of her Tyler Durden for a fair bit of the movie. Hmm. Very strange, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I should watch it. I won't stop you. Oh, I was hoping that wasn't going to be the answer, but you know what? Maybe I'll fucking do it. Nick, much like Anthe Himamea, sometimes you have to make your own decisions in life. I can only show you the way. Mm. But I think you would enjoy the sort of revolutionary initial D Utena <laughs> sequence that uh, is the climax of the movie. Okay. I right. say not having seen initial D. <laughs> Are there any, like, neon lights that follow through the, the headlights, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, God, yes. I'm in. I'm so... Is there, like, a depressed person driving the car? Well, it's Anthe, so... Oh, so depressed. Yes! Excellent. Okay. All right. 
Uh, and also just to close us out on this this abbreviated recap and discussion, uh, I'll refer to one tweet I made. Two, actually, I'll say two tweets I made while watching it last night. Tweet number one. What the fuck is this movie? Tweet number two. Oh. Well, actually, tweet number one that I started the thread with was "Let's rock, baby," and then a picture <laughs> of produced by B. Purpose. Okay. Beautiful. No Nanami or Choo Choo in this movie. Zero out of ten. But there is a Space Rose disco ballroom dance, so 10 out of 10. Okay. Uh, then I said, I stand corrected and posted the picture of Cow Nanami. Mm, her own hubris destroyed her. Just like in real life. Nick. Yes. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 6, Stone Ocean, Episode 5, The Prisoner of Love. Mm. I guess the real prisoner of love. Was Jolene. And also Jotaro. <gasps> oh my god. More on that momentarily. Mm. In this episode, we pick up where we left off last time. With Jotaro being kicked from the table, being awoken and being like, Hey, get the fuck up. Shit is going down. Shit was going down, uh, but not yet because we're still in a dream. So, so Jotaro like... Snake eater. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're still in a dream. Snake eater. Ah. So Jotaro's all like, ow, that uh, kinda hurt. I'm I'm melting. Melting! And, oh, and Jolene's pain. all like, we're all melting down here. He's like, were we dreaming? And Jolene's like, yes, this substance is dissolving us. Uh, so he's all like, oh. And Jolene says, please break the door with your stand, Star Platinum. And he does, but then on the threshold he's like, wait, I never told you my stand's name. This is a dream. Hang on, you're forgetting to explain how he breaks the door. He punches it. No. You're thinking of when he gets out in oh, reality. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Touche. The very similar but not the same scene. See, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he turns around, he's all like, Star Platinum. How the fuck did you know the name of my stand, you little... Punk? Yeah, I told you about John Galliet, but I never showed you my stand. So, this was a dream within a dream. Oh, full on me for not carrying around my Inception totem today. So he pulls out the inverted sphere and starts putting it on the table. He's like... Jotaro's uh, totem would be like a little orb or something. And only in reality is it truly transparent, his favourite colour. Mm, of course. It's the whole point of that totem, right? Yeah. Was it that only you know the answer? Only you know the way it behaves or in, what it is. Yeah, in so reality. Someone who was creating a dream reality, you never let them see your totem, so they don't know what it is. Mm, I see. And it's something that would behave differently in a dream or in reality. Mm. So, like, the spinning top, the iconic image of the spinning top would keep spinning. Yeah. So but it, would, it could, for instance, be a page of text because, of course... It's something they tell lucid dreamers, actually, yeah. uh, is that if you think you're dreaming and you're not sure, try reading something and then looking away and looking back because it'll change. Yeah. Maybe. Or if you looked right. at a if you looked at a watch, for instance. Hmm. But isn't the whole point right? Not to say it's a bad film, because I love me that film. I love it a lot. It is my favorite live action adaptation of Paprika, <laughs> <laughs> which we should watch on this podcast. But won't. Um. So isn't so you're inside someone else's head. Yeah, you're incepting them. Yeah, but how do they then know that you have that little thing that you take into the dream? What do, what, what do you mean? Because aren't you going in by your mind? You're not going in by, like, your physical being. Yeah, yeah. So how do you take your real object into the it's dream? It's like, um... Resid this isn't the term they move. This is a term from something else. Hmm. But um, it's like residual self-image. Like you bring the idea uh, of yourself in. Okay, all right. 
Okay, that's neat. That's fair. You enough. are also going to sleep. It's just there's a. It's like um. Yeah. It's like playing an online video game uh, that doesn't have dedicated servers. Someone's the host and everyone else joins it. Yikes. <laughs> So, you so come in, in a certain sense, you can only have true ownership of your totem if you put it on the blockchain. Whoa. No, we're not doing another crypto oh, episode God. this week. Moratorium on crypto jokes this week. Yep, we no did more. too many last time. Yeah, NFTs are already dead. Are they? No. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Can they be? I said no, Nick. None this week. So, Jodo's all like, wait a minute. This isn't reality at all. I'm dreaming. And then he wakes up and Jolene's threaded the... um. String all around his face to wake him up. And he's all like, were we asleep? Yes. I used the last of my strength to tie your face up to wake you up. And now I can't even move. So he's like, great. Can you materialize your stand for me? No, I don't have enough strength to use it. No, No. just materialize it. Great. A little to the left. Great. Perfect. Not perfect, but good enough. (laughs) I would never say it's perfect, Jolene, because you lack the impressive eyesight that I have to know exactly where you should be. And then he hauls out Star Platinum and punches Stone Free right in the cheek. Of course, that damage is transferred to Jolene, smashing her through the air and into the same spot on the wall he punched in the dream to break open the prison gate. Classic. She is otherwise unharmed, but does complain. And she's like, Jesus Christ. As opposed to, like, having her spine broken and her cheek shattered. <laughs> Um, so she's like, fucking ow. Ow. Thanks, dad, you Great. fucking asshole. Now pull me out. And she's all like, fuck you, dad. You are setting us free from the prison here. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll pull you out. Why not? She does, and she also pulls out the prison guard for good measure. Wait, does she? Yep. No. Yep. No. Nick, I'm taking the photos. Why do you got to countermand me all the time? Because I don't think that you have. I think that you've just taken some photos of Jotaro and there's no prison guard getting pulled out. Well, well, well. If the photos don't paint the whole picture. No, there it is. What? Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) Looks like we're back to where we started. The question, the moral of the story, Nick, is never question (laughs) me. Don't you gaslight me on my own podcast. So 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 Jodoro's like, let's go. We sure did escape that goop room. Yes, I believe we did. And then he karate chops her handcuffs to break them with his stand. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but you know. Yeah, what he, else did you he expect? He chops the chain and the whole thing's just shatter. And Jolene looks at him and is like, Oh no, yeah. I'm completely unharmed by that. I forgot I have handcuffs. And she pulls out the bone that Emporio... Oh, sorry, yeah, we know the guy's name now. Emporio, the baseball boy, mm-hmm. gave her. And is like, do you know what this bone is? And he's and like, it's a bone. A human bone. A female bone. One from the... Yes, the sacrum of the pelvic area of an adult female. He says with his perfect knowledge of human bi- human biology and anatomy. Yeah. So question, what the fuck is the sacrum from the pelvis of a female human? Nick, I'm no biologist. Yeah. But I'd wager it's a bone bit of the pelvis. Great. But what it, like, wh- where does it sit? Like, well, what? looking at it, I'd say it's the bit that looks like that. Yeah, but where does you that see, go? It's got, ta- it's got the tail end of the spine there. Oh, so it's at the back? Mm. Oh. Do I have one? Almost certainly. Hmm. Let me pull it out and check. Yeah, let me let me just let me get my friend oh. Sub Zero in here so we can take a look. <laughs> let me just suck that bad boy out and just ooh ooh yeah. Its surface cool. was dissolved with some kind of acid. Mayhaps that very same acid we just escaped. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe. Is that maybe? And he's like, I don't know why you have that bone, but it doesn't matter. I'm breaking you out of this prison. How? 
an alarm goes off and they're like, oh no, we get it. We got to get out of here. So they run up to the wall. Hey, you have that charm that I gave you, right? It's crucial you hold on to it. Don't lose it. So Jolene's like, why? Why is it so crucial? And then menacing Katakana. Yeah, nearby. as they leave, a goopy hand comes out of the, um, what is it? The, uh, the, the, the room. Yeah, the, the room they just room escaped. Thing, just by the bars and it's like, I can't believe they got out of the room. Who could the, how, how could someone ever escape a room? Why they didn't even have to solve a series of riddles. And unlock a series of boxes. I didn't even use a Caesar cipher. Perhaps <laughs> next time. <laughs> There's always a Caesar cipher. <laughs> Every fucking time. Jotaro reveals the map of the entire prison he brought into the prison. <laughs> Which I'm sure the guards didn't check for. Well, he is a marine biologist. They would never strip uh, search him. Of course. He has a PhD? <laughs> I mean, he does have time stop powers and telekinesis, so... Pretty oh, yeah. easy to hide something in that yeah. circumstance. You just do like one tap. You right? just wait till they've searched a spot, then you freeze time exactly. and you move it there. Yeah. And because it's Jodoro, you know he would take exactly the same position. And, and then the guard is like, hey, when I was searching you just then, why did you shout Star Platinum the world at the top of your lungs? I'm just an eccentric guy. I am a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey. Oh, say no more, say no more. Hey, you're pretty eccentric. What's your favorite color? It's, uh, it's, it's translucent. Transparent! Sorry, transparent. Uh, you must be a uh, and, uh, marine biologist then. <laughs> What's your favourite TV show? It's uh, Transparent. <laughs> so, Starring Jeffrey Tambor. So tell me this. What's uh, what's your favourite kind of personality type when, when having a conversation with someone? What's, what's your favourite kind of person? Oh, I like people who are straight up with me. You can read everything about them. Oh, yeah. They're, um, you might say they're an open book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the guard is just there slowly becoming more and more transparent. Like, so tell me more about your favorite, uh, what, what would you say is your favorite kind of, uh, glad wrap? You know, do you like, uh, aluminium? That's a brand name, Nick. Yeah, but you can buy multiple kinds. Stuff that you What you mean is your favorite kind of... Cling wrap? Yeah, or food preserving cover. Yeah, do you, do you like the bamboo ones? Nick, or? they plan to go through about three corridors and then smash a window that faces the beach and escape. Ironically, not the worst plan. A submarine will meet them there, sent by the Speedwagon Foundation, who are just helping Jotaro break any sort of laws he wants now. So, they head over to this, uh, this hallway, then Jolene looks back and sees some ominous shadow that starts encroaching upon a locked gate, and then is all like, There's hey. footsteps coming, like, oh no, guards. Yeah, and then Jodoro's like, alright, we have to do this, and then the footsteps aren't there anymore. I don't think that happens. Yeah, there's like a bit where like the shadow starts moving in and Jolene's like, what? Because she notices it, right? That's why she looks shocked. Anyway, Jotaro smashes the um, barred door in their way. Yeah, like not even subtly, like literally smashes the fuck out of it. Yeah, the whole thing is bent. The the whole thing. So now she hears a noise and Jotaro's like, it's just a fan. Hmm, weird. Well, she is. It was just my imagination. She walks in, she immediately falls down the stairs. And Jotaro, being the cunning boy he is... In slow motion, it looks like he tries and fails to catch her hand. Yeah, but it's like, you can obviously tell he got the hand, and then just for some reason decided not to maintain contact. She eats shit. She slams into the ground. It's like, ouch. And then she's like, give me your hand. And she's all blushing, like, oh my god, my dad's being nice and helping me get up. This is the first time in my entire life he's been nice. Like, here... Take the charm back, She's you like, dumb bitch. 
incredibly blushing. Oh no, thanks. It's okay. It's, it's okay. I can stand up by myself. No, that's not what I meant. I told you not to lose this charm. It's very important. You fucking moron. Do you understand how easily someone with time stop powers can steal things from you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hold on to it very closely. Okay, so I've got exact quotes. What okay. is it? I told you it's important. You must hold on to it. Take it. And then she has a flashback to when she was in prison and... Like when she was 14. Yeah, and dad was going to Tokyo. And poor old mum is like, how could you? This is our daughter and you're in Tokyo right now. Hello? You haven't changed a bit. You're as calm and collected as ever. When I almost died from a fever, you didn't come home to check on me. Question mark, question mark, question mark. When she was learning her stand potential, question mark. <laughs> remember like when it happened to Josuke and when oh, it happened to Holly? Oh, I remember. But she wouldn't have had it because she had um, good people around her, like her mother, who was taking care of her. And we all know her name and love her. Yeah. Mama Cujo. Uh, with a C. As long as I'm safe, you don't care what I do, do you? Ha! Huh. She's clearly quite upset, but she's putting on a brave face. And by brave, we mean sarcastic. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm so happy, yahoo! And he's like, what are you talking about? And she throws the charm back in and is like, if it's so important, you hold it! And he says, shh. <laughs> Someone's coming. Shut up. I'm talking now. We're being quietly followed. So they hide behind... So Jolene literally crouches behind the stairs she fell down. Yep. And Jotaro goes to one side in like a little... Around a corner. Yeah, around Just a like corner. around a whole last corner that's right there and she could also go around. But and is like, on yeah. their way. Yeah. So she's peering over the stairway and Jotaro's peering beyond the precipice of the corner. Yeah. And there's a boot and a prison guard. And a prison guard looks and like... Christ. It's not as stupid <laughs> yeah. as it first seems because it turns out it's John Gallier and he's blind and... Uh, no, no, this one isn't John No, it Gallier. is. I, I took is careful it? notes, yeah. Oh. You can, if I zoom in, you can even see his white hair. Oh, shit, it is! Yeah. Oh, never mind, okay. But, but at first, it looks like the dumbest-ass prison guard <laughs> who comes and sees the whole gate off its hinge, being like, hey, they might have come this way. Oh, there's no one over here. There's a gate in the way. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't come. Then the and other guard comes and says, who, who is as big an idiot as he appears, says, no, look closely. <laughs> they've bent the door. That might be where they've gone, but... <laughs> Maybe we should check it and then. And then tragedy uh, the guard, strikes. who is John Gallier, takes out his silenced pistol and shoots the other guard in the head. No, not silenced pistol guard guy. Oh. Hi, I'm Silas Pistol. That's actually not a bad name. <laughs> I might use that. And then John Gallier removes his hat yep. to unveil his long locks of hair. And he's all like... And his <laughs> facial tattoo. And he's all like, ha it was me. It is I, John Gallier. He's here to finish us off. Oh no. Jolene, head towards the window. I'll take care of him, Jotaro says. And then he sees that uh, the little satellite that is... John Callier's stand. Which is actually his stand and not the melting stuff. Mm. So for a minute, it seems like John Callier's stand might have been the melting dream stand uh, and that the little sniper satellite was just a trick in, in the dream. Mm. But it turns out that actually is his stand. And there's a second enemy stand, which is even now coming out of the vents behind Jotaro. And Jotaro's like, wait well, so a fucking we, second. We've got a bit ahead of ourselves. John Gallier fires off a heap of bullets at his... Um, his stand. Yeah. That's which, floating around. Which is like just above and behind Jolene, which I guess is the reason she can't just save herself. Because mm. it's going into her blind spot. Yeah. Uh, and at that exact moment... So he stops time, and then he looks behind him in stopped time and sees another stand coming for him. Which is very gelatinous. Yeah, it's gelatinous. It's got, like, a, a bondage crown on and, like... He is King Gimp 
Yeah. Uh, King Gimp and the Limp Wimp. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a story from Yakuza. <laughs> Literally, some Limp Wimp is like, I wish I could be some kind of Gimp, but I lack the necessary tautness to pull it off. Nick, I did a actually very well-written uh, side quest in Yakuza 7 Like a Dragon recently yeah. about Mr. Masochist. The sub who's been subbing for so long uh, with all the best doms in uh, the city, <laughs> yeah. such that he is now incapable of feeling pain and therefore oh. pleasure. Oh, that's so he's really depressed and yeah. he's invincible. And he's just uh, like, I don't know how. You to... try and beat him up really hard, but he just gets nothing out of it. And then meanwhile, you also have a few run-ins with this um, dominatrix who's getting close to ageing out of the business but still has a few dedicated clients. But all of the younger dominatrixes are being, being really mean to her to the extent that say, they hire some guys to kick the shit out of her. Oh my god. Uh, but you save her. Okay. But before you have a chance to save her properly... Yes. Uh, there's also a bit of stuff there where she works at the same convenience store as Mr. Masochist's mum, so they start to cross over. Uh, yeah. Before you have a chance to save her properly, a guy is coming up to her with a knife, and Mr. Masochist runs in out of nowhere and takes the knife blow. He doesn't feel anything. <gasps> oh then you beat God. up all the guys, and... Mr. Masochist is like, if only I could feel real pain. Well, he's like, oh, even the knife didn't hurt me. I guess I'll never feel real pain. I guess I should just kill myself. And then she slaps him in the face and is like, wow, even after saving my life, you're... You're pathetic, you're, waste of You space. speak like that. Well, am I worth nothing to... And then she starts doming him and he, he feels again. And they, oh. yeah, they find each other. That's hilarious. Yeah, surprisingly wholesome. Wholesome dominatrix masochist relationship. Yeah. I wish I could find someone who could dom me into feeling again. <laughs> Jotaro realises that once again, this is all about him. <laughs> this entire episode is just like, wait a minute. Jolene wasn't important at all. It was they engineered me. this situation, so I had to choose between protecting myself or saving my daughter. And the obvious answer is definitely saving my daughter. But yeah, but I am very conflicted. His choice is to save his daughter, but as he's leaping forward to do it, he's shouting to himself, "Their target was me all along." Just saving my daughter and yelling, "This isn't about you. It's about <laughs> me." Don't you get it, you dumb broad? It's my problem. Time resumes as he knocks Jolene away and uses Star Platinum to block all the bullets, but that leaves him open for this mysterious stand, White Snake. To not a good gimp name, but a great gimp name. Sneak up behind him and run its hand through his face, turning his head into several, or extracting from his head two discs, like <gasps> CDs or DVDs. Or Blu-rays. Mm. Or HD DVDs or Beta Mac. No, that's... Yeah, definitely no, not Laser discs is what I was thinking of, sorry. Or CD-ROMs. Mm. Or CD-RAMs. Or the little bit when you break open a floppy disk that's in there. Yeah, The actual floppy disk. The actual floppy disk. Or that disk that the military uses that's like a floppy disk, but it's like that oh, big. Oh, the big floppy. The big flop. Yeah. Known otherwise as the 2008 recession. <laughs> the big flop. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah, we got there. Nick, uh, yeah. So these discs fall out of his face mm -hmm. uh, and one of his eyes has gone all milky white. Like he's lost something. And it's something. got uh, letters T, G, A in there. It's like an O It's like as the well. DNA letters. The DNA letters? Yeah, I've got, I've got the info on this here actually. So it's in White oh. Snake's design. Oh. Um, 
So White Snake, uh, uh, please don't look at my phone because it has info about White Snake's user, which is oh, a uh, Rob Zombie. <laughs> so White Snake is a humanoid stand of height and built similar to its user, sparsely clothed in black with a mask covering its face to the bottom where its nose would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we said, it's got like this bondage crown. Its art- its attire is based on Araki's image of an executioner. Its light skin is marked by horizontal stripes of roughly an inch's height with uh, guanine, adenine, cytosine, and thymine repeatedly written on it, or the, rather the initials of those, mm. those compounds. Right. Written on every other stripe with the letters, surprisingly, the chemicals that make up DNA. <gasps> oh my god. And that's what's now in Jodoro's eye. I see. Huh. There you go. Um, I've also got, while we're talking about white snake. And DNA. Nope. Oh. If you don't know what DNA is, consult your local library. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's consulting libraries in 2022. Well, they should. They provide important public services. Like what? Uh, they provide internet access for people who don't otherwise have it. Mm. They provide access to uh, books, tapes, DVDs, CDs, and in some cases, video games. Hmm. They're a public space where you can go and not spend any money. It's a brief respite from capitalism. And that provides services to people with low income. Gosh, Liam, it sounds like the library is a great place. They also have a range of educational activities and displays. Wow. Maybe I could go to an escape room there every Friday <laughs> at 7pm. Which did happen for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I helped run it. It was very good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nick, White Snake is an English glam metal band. <laughs> They are. Yep. What do you know about them? Uh, they're English and they are glam metal. <laughs> Didn't they, um, they, they were around in like the 80s, right? Formed in 1978, put together as the backing band for singer David Coverdale, who had recently left Deep Purple, though they quickly developed into their own identity. I see. Coverdale is their only constant member throughout their history. That seems about right. <laughs> Any hits? Any big songs? Any massive Their hit members. singles in uh, the hit single was their eponymous album in 1987, which mm-hmm. had the hit singles uh, "Here I Go Again" and "Is This Love?" <gasps> is this love? Is this a prisoner of love? Oh my god! Alias is a show about a spy. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's from Arrested Development. Oh okay. When they're talking about um the spy, and then they're Mr. just like F. Yeah, and they're just like, wait, what if there's a spy? And for some reason, Buster just goes, Alias is a show about a spy. Right. So good. Nick, I also want to share the Jojo Vele commentary for White Snake. Hit me with it. Uh, though it does have the user's identity in it, there's just one name at the end of it. So Here, I, can, call, other- I yeah. can otherwise share the details. Here, call, uh, okay, so. I'm so, just going to say the user. No, say, say, um. Mr. F. No, say Mr. Gimp. Because we've got King Gimp, which is like... I'm not going to do oh. that. The symbols representing the bases in DNA and my image of an executioner. What? The symbols representing the bases in DNA and my image of an executioner. Okay. Digital media had become standard, so it extracts large amounts of information as disks. I really like its design and the users as well. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's it. That, that's it? Yep. Oh. Oh, okay. So it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like an executioner has some DNA stuff. I like, I like it. it. Also, digital media had become commonplace. <laughs> you know what, Araki? Yes. It had. Never disappoints. So, yeah, he takes these oh. discs out of Jotaro's 
uh, face. brain stem holder. And like one of them is Star Platinum. Like it's got Star Platinum on it when we see it. Mm. And one of them is Jotaro and it has Jotaro on it when we see it. But for the rest of the episode, for a good chunk of time, Jotaro is still walking and talking. Yeah, but he's not walking and talking very fucking much, is he? He's like... Ugh. But like if it's, take, if it's taken Jotaro out... like No, why... no, no. It's taken Jotaro's fighting spirit. Well, that's the stand. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's taken his willpower. Or is it just copied the Jotaro of it all? No, it has taken it. Yeah, because he can't do anything. Maybe though. it's just like some residual self-image. Yeah, maybe it's like only Jotaro knows how Jotaro acts maybe, without Jotaro. Maybe it's like when you get shot and like your blood is bleeding out. Maybe mm. his mind has been wounded right now. His mind is bleeding out. I guess maybe, but he does also look pretty fucked up by the end of it. So maybe it's just like at the very end, he's just like, okay, time, time to die. Time to die. Anyway, I got star. I got the invincible star platinum from the invincible Jotaro. This is my ability. Then John Gallier shoots uh, Ricochet off his stand again. Jolene blocks some and Jotaro gets shot some. Ooh. So Jotaro is now hurt, as it were. Yep. A Johnny Cash song. <laughs> sure, yeah. Johnny Cash? Jojo Cash. Jojo Cash. Jolene breaks the window and is like, let's escape. But dad's been shot and isn't moving. He's like, I'll catch up. You go. You go without me, daughter. I, I love you. <laughs> You've still got the charm, right? It's very important. It's got a GPS thing in it. It's the sun. Oh, he's got the charm. He throws it to her. Yeah, it's like it has a GPS transmitter in it. That That's why it was so important to hang on to. Yeah, the submarine will come from the Speedwagon Foundation when you get to the beach. When you get to the beach, and she's like, "Dad, don't be a fucking moron. All right, you're still alive. Come with me. You're fine." A stand user only controls one stand. That means there's two enemies, so you're outnumbered. So you got to get out of here. And Jolene's all like, "Dad, just come with me, okay? Just come on, just get out of here. We'll be fine." Will be dad, 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 dad. You've got a hole in you, but it's Papa. not even that deep. Be puppus, <laughs> be puppus, be puppus, dad, dad, be puppus for once in your life, <laughs> please. I beg of you, in all the years that you weren't be puppus, please. Um, so then, Jonas, and then he says, "I've always cared about you, you dumb broad." And he slumps forward, and he's bleeding, and he's indicating like, some kind of death. But... It's just a little blood. I'll catch up soon. She's like, "You're lying to me. You just sacrificed yourself. I can't believe you're doing this." Yeah, you know the classic, like in she... an action movie, where he's on the wall and then he slumps over, and the blood yeah, yeah. follows. That happens, but there's a lot more blood. And like, he's gonna take. He's gonna. He's like, "I'll slow them down," and he takes the trigger for the C4. Exactly. Yeah. None of that this time. <laughs> no. uh, and she deduces that her stand has been taken. His stand has been taken, rather. Mm -hmm. And then John Gallier rounds the corner, fires off a few volleys. But little does he realise, the barrel of his gun is already chock full of string, which curves the bullets harmlessly around Jolene. And he's all like, what? When did she do that? She goes to take another shot, but he spun around because of all the string around his legs that he didn't realise was there. And he's all like, what? But when did that happen? And Jolene's all like, you fucking idiot. He's, she's like, we're leaving, don't get in our way. And he's all like, all right, fine, I'll drop the gun. Holds up his hands. And the little satellite flies up above. He's like, <laughs> you idiot. And then, I know how to, and then gets punched in yeah. the head. And she's like, I wasn't asking you to drop the gun. I turned you around so I could punch you at the best angle. I only like it when you're tilted slightly to the well, right. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll quote this directly because the sentence construction is a callback to Jodorowsky stuff. Is it? Yeah. Oh. So she says... I wasn't asking you to drop your gun. I was just looking for the best angle. Your body's best angle to punch, that is. Which is kind of a callback to when Jotaro was 
beating on Yoshikage Kira and was like, nice watch. I'd hate to break it. Break your face, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking glorious. (laughs) And he's like, Jotaro wasn't the one I should have finished off first. I should have incapacitated Jolene Cujo. She's truly a protagonist of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. She's self-actualizing and I hate that. Yeah. He gets punched to shit and is no longer an active participant. And, uh, yeah. She's like, alright, Dad, now we gotta get out of here. No, let me have some last words first. Fine, Dad. You said that you'd stay behind for the baseball boy. Oh my gosh, it was a dream, but it still informs your character as we discussed last week on the podcast. He slumps down. Oh no, we're so close. So, I can uh, only there's, assume... There's ruckus, a guard has been shot. We can shoot to kill, hooray! So I can only assume they punched the bars earlier and yep. smashed the glass. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that Jolene dragged Jotaro's carcass through the glassy, broken <laughs> window mess. Well, she could use her stand to clear off the sharp edges, you know? I guess, yeah. It's not like, it's not like glass can hurt stands. Gets... Glass can't hurt stands. Only stands can hurt stands. That's the fundamental rule. Except for when they break it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's all about magic being bullshit. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, he has he has some poignant words we don't see now, but do return to later. Mm. His mouth just moves silently. And we're like, what did he say? <laughs> did he say I love you? He does not say I love you. He, she's formed her thread into a rope to pull Jotaro along the beach. Where's nice. the submarine? Where's the submarine? It's not here, but he said it was. But then where is it? They must have the technology necessary to treat your gunshot wounds. But what if this isn't reality? No, it has to be. And she's in the shallows and she's like, oh, the submarine, we did it. Dad, we did it. And she looks back and Jotaro's just lying there with his face underwater, perfectly still. And I I turned to you and I was like, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) And he's just motionless, dead. His eyes are open, but there's not much going on behind them. And she's like, drag him up, look at the bullet wound. It's like, but the bullet it shouldn't even be, go that It deep. shouldn't be a lethal wound. And she's doing CPR. His heart's not beating, but it should be fine. It should be fine. He's only been shot a couple of times in protagonist-approved areas. He should be fine. And then Jotaro gets a flashback. Flashback to her, his final words to her. Now I know the Joestar blood runs in you. Jolene, with your strong conviction, I know you'll be fine. You truly are my daughter. You see, my I'm Jody Rokujo, and my grandfather, my dad's not important, but my grandfather <laughs> was, on my mother's side, was Joseph Joestar, and his father was Joseph Joestar, but he also wasn't that important. This bullet wound and is getting more fo- hurtful by the second. <laughs> and also, my mind is going kind of foggy. Maybe that's why I'm rambling. He's not saying any of this in reality. Yeah. Um, He's saying it in a dream. Uh, (laughs) So she's desperately trying to give him CPR. He's still dead. And then she screams at the top of her lungs, being like, High heavens, lots of beautiful blue sky. There's a whole lot of like, Fuck! Father! (laughs) We transition back behind the chain link fence. Matt Berry is walking through, being like, Out of my way, priest! (laughs) Yeah, Matt Berry plays this guard. Found them! Watch for the gun! Uh, and she's like, I'm not outside the fence and my hands are up. Even though you're American police officers, please don't just shoot me. And they're all like, don't shoot her. And one of them's like, why? But I want to. <laughs> why wouldn't I? No, her hands are up and there's another guy we've got to go find. Yeah, so we should shoot her. <laughs> no, don't shoot her. She's unarmed. So she's surrendering. Yeah, so shoot her. I'm moving. I'm coming out of the bit and moving us along, Nick. I will never. <laughs> 
Um, so she's there. And she has a silent conversation up a strand of string to the window where Emporio, <laughs> the baseball boy, is. And he's all like, but but you got out. I'm sorry, but your father's already dead because that sludge stole his spirit and that's what happened to my mum. <gasps> and now she... You see... You were merely adopted into this prison. I was born in the darkness. Raised by it. And she's all like, wait, you were born here? How does that work? And then he breaks her spine. (laughs) No, he exposits that he's a baseball boy who was born in the prison and hides in its walls. Uh, To live a beautiful, dulcet life. As is the user of the stand that took... Uh, Uh... Jotaro. Jotaro's <laughs> face, yes. Yeah. yeah, someone took Jotaro's face. Uh, On a disc. What was the, what's the fa- fucking name of that guy? Um, CD-ROM? Caster Troy. What the fuck The villain from about? Face Off. Oh. Oh. Now we're getting some parallels. Jotaro's like, give me back my face. Never. That was John Travolta. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so basically... So she's like, that's why I've got to go back inside because he's in here and I'm going to get those discs back. Yeah, baseball boys are like, that bone belonged to my mum. You still have the bone. Here it is. And somehow she gives it back to... By this point, we're having a like symbolic face-to-face conversation in the black void. So she gives him the bone. Yep. Physically as well? Somehow. Via zipline yeah, on we can the only assume. or something, but I don't, I don't know. And he's like, I'm Emporio. Nick... Um, Emporio's Jojo Vele commentary is actually all about Emporio and not his stand, so I can share the info with you. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> and I, we also need to talk about Emporio as a general concept in a second. And what the fuck does Emporio mean in terms of a musical reference? It's not, it's fashion, but we'll get to that in a second. That's, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Interesting. We're moving away from music. Well, we're doing both. We're doing both, kind of, but still. I think at this point, we're doing music for stands and fashion for people. Which is a fine naming convention. Yep. We've come a long way from music for people and tarot for stands. (laughs) God, we've come so far. Have we gone backwards? Who knows? What will part seven invite? Music for people? Names of political dictators for stands. (laughs) This is my stand, Benito Mussolini. <laughs> oh my God, look out. Pol Pot's gunshots are coming. <laughs> Why are there always guns in these new parts? You know, there's always, it's never good old fashioned punching. I remember back in the eighties when it was about honor. <clears throat> I heard about a child being born in a women's prison and I thought maybe I'd be able to do a story about that. I believe that in this year, the Chicago Cubs won a regional game, which is why Emporio was a baseball kid. Hmm, that's a bit of a fucking stretch, but okay. <laughs> Nick Emporio. Who or what is Emporio? Emporio is a little boy who lives in the prison. Yes, go on. Uh, his namesake is there we uh, go. Emporio Armani, the second brand of the Armani family. Oh. Fe- features ready-to-wear and runway collections. So not Giorgio, no, but Emporio. Emporio. Huh. Mm. So what's the difference between Giorgio and Emporio? It's just another sub-brand. Oh, okay. It's they've a tax got, They've got several. You've got Giorgio. They did, they did the David Beckham underwear campaign. Oh, the very famous one yeah. that made... Um, uh, it made that whole thing of showing off the brand on your underwear a thing. If Wasn't you that Calvin that. Klein? It could be both. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know. And Nick, it's time for our unfortunately necessary recurring segment, the name of which has recently been coined by listener uh, Ben Tonic. Okay. Wait, we have a segment now? Yep. 
Uh, the segment is, of course, when we look at the section of the Wikipedia page for uh, fashion brands that dictates uh, details their controversies and uh, prejudices. Uh, and the name yep. of the segment is Wardrobe Malfunction. <laughs> or Wardrobe Malfaction, as uh, Bentonic has said here. I mean, for... Um... Oh, who's who's that fashion brand that designed for Hitler? Because um, that'll be wardrobe. That'll be yeah. wardrobe malfascism. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is that? So that I I know this. It's uh, not Armani. Is no, it? it's um. Hugo Boss did what did them? Yeah, Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss. So when someone is called Hugo, five big name designers who had ties to the Nazis. Here we go, boys. Or alternatively, this article, seven major brands that were once Nazi, Nazi collaborators. Ooh, 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 ooh. Let's go. Well, of course, we know Fanta is Nazi Coke. I know that one off the top of my Wait, head. Wait, what? So because of trade embargoes, uh, they couldn't export the ingredients necessary to make Coca-Cola to Germany. Okay. Uh, so the American company Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola instead made the sub-beverage Fanta to sell in Germany so that they could what? keep selling and profiting from the Nazi regime. Wow. Wow. But I love Fanta. <laughs> no one loves Fanta. Yeah. Coco Chanel. Oh, what did Coco Chanel do? She was a spy for the Third Reich. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh my God. You know, Coco Chanel once said, um, before leaving the house, you should also always take off one accessory. Look, at, look in the mirror and take off one accessory. Okay. But she also spied for the Third Reich, so I think we can disregard her advice. Which accessory should you take off? Oh, my Nazi badge. Yeah. Wow. Otherwise they'll know. That's amazing! Gabrielle Chanel, better known as Coco... This is from uh, the New York Times review of uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, Coco Chanel's Secret War. Uh, okay. Gabrielle Chanel, better known as Coco, was a wretched human being. Anti-Semitic, homophobic, social climbing, opportunistic, ridiculously snobbish, and given to sins of phrase making like, if blonde, use blue perfume. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. I guess it's a sin of phrase making. Maybe it's an error. She was addicted reference. to morphine, actively collaborated with the Germans during the Nazi occupation of mm-hmm. Paris. Classic. Or Paris. Oh. Oh, uh, Cristobal Palenciaga. Don't know who that is. Known known fascist, sure. I assume. I don't know. I'm just assuming many things here. Close relationship with Hitler's ally, General Franco. Boom. However, he stood up to Hitler when asked to relocate the French fashion industry to Berlin, saying, Hitler wanted to transfer the French couture to Berlin. He sent six enormous Germans to see me to talk about it. I said that he might as well just try to take all the bulls to Berlin and try and... So, that's not really material. IMO. Louis Vuitton. Yes. The leather goods house had strong ties to the Vichy regime regime in Nazi-occupied France. Hmm. The only brand allowed to operate a store on the ground floor of the Hotel du Parc, which is used the premises of the puppet government. Huh. Weird. Chanel Dior. Oh, sorry. Not Chanel. Christian Dior. Christian Dior. Or Kaustian Dior, as we, uh, as we know. As we all know. <laughs> Kaustian Dior is the family-friendly Christian Dior. Who turns oh. you into a cow. Hmm. As opposed to Christian Dior, who turns you into a fascist. <laughs> As uh, Porco Rosso once intoned, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. Wow. Wow. Good on you. Same difference, right? Hey, well, no. <laughs> hey, no. Cab. I mean, I can eat a pig. Christian Dior never professed Nazi sympathies, uh, but as an employee of Lucien Lelong during the occupation, he dressed a clientele of wives and mistresses of high-ranking Nazi officers. Hmm... Although his niece, Francois, was vocal about her Nazi views, uh, his sister, Catherine, the Miss Dior, was a member of the resistance. <gasps> so mixed bag there. Yeah, real mixed bag. 
And uh, we talked about Hugo Boss already. Nice. Nice. Love a good Well, look forward to that and more in future issues of (laughs) Wardrobe Malfaction. But in the meantime, Armani. So who the fuck is Armani? Well, we talked about who they are already, but the controversy section of their Wikipedia page. Oh, God. Here we go. Concerns about uh, donations made to the Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum in New York shortly before the museum announced it would pay homage to Armani, basically buying a retrospective exhibition, exhibition some people speculate. Mm. Greenpeace criticised them for uh, having found traces of chemicals that can pollute waterways in children's clothing and shoes. Great. Awesome. And in 2015, uh, the corporation's uh, former general counsel, Fabio Silva, fired a $75 million lawsuit against the New York Supreme uh, in the New York, New York Supreme Court against the company, accusing it of discriminating against him because of his Mexican origins and firing him for having cancer. <laughs> Fuck me. Who who won it? I don't know. For that, we'll have to find out later. Yep. Tune yep. in next time. <laughs> no, we'll never return to this. Oh, wow. wow. And that's... Firing for having cancer. Let's, for this week, put the wardrobe malfaction back in the closet. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, God. So, Jolly's there with Baseball Boy still being all like, so, here's your bone. I'm going to help you, and you're going to help me. We're going to find the murderer of my dad. And your mom. But my dad's not dead. I'm going to get the discs back and save his life. So, the murderer of my now rotting corpse of a dad whose spirit is not there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, like, back to reality, and a dozen or more police officers all pointing guns at her. <laughs> and this one guy still being like, no, don't shoot her! <laughs> don't shoot her! Meanwhile, in the prison where we left John Gallier's wounded body, he's there and he's like... uh, I'm still alive. There's still a shot. Okay. You've done it, White Snake. You got the powerful disc in the stand. Now, hand me my gun and take me to the infirmary. Oh, what's that? You're holding my gun already? Silenced gunshot. So, White Snake is like, yeah, you did well, but you're the only person who knows who I am here. So, I can't let you live. Bam. Headshot. And I like how he, like, neatly nudges the gun back under John Gallier's uh, limp <laughs> under hand. hand. Implying suicide? Mm. After being beaten up? Mm. Somehow, John Gallier broke out of his cell. Yep. If he's not actually just a guard in reality. Yep. A bit ambiguous there. Yep. Um, broke out of his cell. I guess he'd ask to be taken to the infirmary in the men's prison, so he's probably still a prisoner. Probably, well... But who knows how long he'd been masquerading as a guard for. Literal decades. <laughs> um, yeah, so he broke out of his cell, mm-hmm. broke into the women's prison, yep. busted down a huge barred door, yep. and then shot himself in the head. Yeah. Either that, or... I mean, no, because he put the gun under the hand. He could have just pinned it on Jolene. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't. I've got the disc. Now I can do whatever it is I want to do. So then he kind of flips them horizontally and has Star Platinum and Jotaro yeah. each on a separate disc. So, uh, quote, because this might tease you for predictions, mm-hmm. to be able to communicate something to someone. Jotaro had said that is a wonderful thing. I'm not sure when. I agree. And here we truly have a way. Mm. So, Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 6, Stone Ocean. Uh, well, my lowlight is going to be Jotaro's death. Or should I rather say death? His incapacitation and your death. Yeah, his weird, I'm dead, but not, like, not dead. He's like in a state of living death, according to Jolene. Yeah, he's like, 
rotting on the beach. <laughs> just, just there. Just the birds picking at him. Yeah. A and crocodile. It's, and it's just like, my dad's over there right now. I mean, the submarine was right there. It probably took him away, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> because it wasn't explicitly shown. But it's just like, I know he's not dead. I, this is Avdol all over again, right? It's like... He's not dead, okay? Well, her quest is to get the things back that will revive him, right? So it's a bit different from... Yeah. Avdol, we were like, oh my god, he's dead. And I was like, no, he's not. This one is like, oh my god, dad. I'd love to check the tapes on that. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, dad, you're not dead. I'm gonna bring you back to life. It's it's not like when it was like, oh my god, Bruno's not dead. Yeah, no. Because that was like, kind of like, uh, Bruno's not dead? Yeah, it's like, Bruno's not dead, but... Yeah, that's not that, alive. Uh, yeah, that's some bad shit right there, man. Um, oh god. Bruno's insatiable hunger for human flesh finally got the better out of him because of his habit of biting his nails. <laughs> but now it's a bit like, how many other people are gonna have a similar fate where it's like Disc Boy grabs Emporio. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's baseball boy. Yep. I'm talking Disc Boy. White Snake. Yeah, big gimp. Um, King Gimp and yeah. the Limp Wimp. Yeah, King Gimp and the Limp Wimp is gonna... I guess uh, after he was dead, Yeah. John Gallier was kind of a Limp Wimp. But then why did he just kill him? Or after Jotaro had his mind removed and he was incapacitated, he was kind of a Limp Wimp. So why didn't he do that with John Gallier? Easy to kill him. Hmm. Make it look like a suicide. <laughs> right in the chest. <laughs> don't know why you couldn't just take... We've already defeated that stand. There'd be no fun if they brought it back. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, it, it's weird. It's weird that they're like, he's alive, but he's not alive. Like, it would have been more interesting if they just murdered him. And he was like, haha, but I have <laughs> his stand forever. Jotaro's dead. I have a stand. It's a hard reality to come. But then to why wouldn't Jolene just leave the prison? Because revenge. Ah, and if Polnareff has taught us anything, it's that revenge is good and getting it only improves your life. Yeah, and then she can be all like, maybe this is the upside of revenge and then go through the same Polnareff kind of stuff, but not quite as side character-y, right? Maybe? I don't know. She's already going for revenge to revive someone anyway, right? It's like, it's all melded together. My low life. Yes. Was, um, I liked this episode a lot. Um. It's a good app. Yeah. I think my low light was like, did we have to go through the dream within a dream thing? Yes. Or the secondary dream? The yes. double dream? Absolutely. To we what did. end? Because we're playing off the, the expectations of the audience. Like, I also we need to subvert no, them. I also... F- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like that raises the question, which is then immediately discarded, of like, how can we be sure this isn't also a dream? Yes. And then they're like, no, this is reality. It's like the Futurama thing where it's like... How can you be sure that your civilization isn't a toilet, the sewer of a much bigger civilization? It's like, no, we're on the top. <laughs> How can yeah. you be sure this isn't also a drink? No, I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got exactly out of the room, that. we're awake. Yeah. So, yeah. Highlights. Hmm. Highlights. Highlight would... Ugh. I liked the Jotaro dying on the beach moment. Mm, it is the, good. The yeah. scream to the sky, always a good moment. Yeah, it's always very like, Father! Good colours too. The hot Florida sun, mm. the clear blue sky. Mm. The slightly fuzzed sort of lens. And Nick, now I think you know a significant reason why the uh, ending animation is on the beach. Yeah. Because ah, that's where Jotaro is. Was. Right now. <laughs> Still <laughs> rocking. put a layer of sand down. over him and like, ah, oh, that'll be right. Look, just bury him. He can still breathe Mark in it there. With an X. 
Give it a straw. Mm-hmm. Um, highlight. Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of hard for me. Actually. I also really liked the um, time stop. Oh, I've got to choose my daughter or... Yeah. You know, if it was Bruno Bucciarati with his signature yes. actively using his own body stand fighting style. Yeah. He would just do both. <laughs> right? Would he? Sure. Hey, it's me, Bruno Bucciarati. He'd be proactively dodging Whitesnake with his body and blocking the bullets with his stand, sticky fingers. I, I guess he would, <laughs> yeah, because then he wouldn't die because he's already dead. I mean, not, not even that. Just not taking the hit. Oh. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess, maybe. Um, okay, okay, all right. Okay, highlight. Probably going to be... I want to say, actually, you know what? I oh my god, Nick, it's not hard. It is hard because they're all a bit lame in their own way in this episode. <laughs> of course, it is. It's anime. I know, but like, just particularly in this one. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say it's when Jotaro punches Jolene in the Somehow face. Somehow, I knew you'd say that. Yeah, because it's a bit like, how do I know this is reality? Bam! Yeah, this is reality. Yeah. <laughs> oh my jaw! I can punch my daughter in the face. This is reality. But also, it's like. Really hammering home. Yeah, Jodoro doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, he really... He saved her life by doing that, Nick. Yeah, he could have punched anything else. <laughs> like... No, because she had to also get outside the room. But she doesn't at that point. Yeah, she does. No, she's next to the door. Yeah, well, she's on the threshold. Oh, I guess. I guess, but it's still, like, harm will befall you. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, but it really hammers at home. Nick. Yeah? Jodoro has been incapacitated and or killed. The mysterious white snake remains at large. Mm. Jolene has been caught escaping the prison. Mm-hmm. And the baseball boy in Rio was born in the darkness. What will happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean in the episode entitled Hermes's Sticker? Ooh, Hermes's Sticker. Hermes's, like apostrophe S. Hermes's Hermes's Sticker. Hermes's Sticker. Hermes's Sticker. Demon's Souls. <laughs> uh, so maybe... So we've already met Hermes. She yep. was the one on the, the thing who was about to get beaten up by the guards for having money in her breast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I reckon... She also, if you recall, um, she took the arrowhead from the yep. the um, holding cell and that's how it ended up in uh, Gwess's possession. Yeah. And that's how she was all like, boop. Um, so maybe, maybe this'll be Hermes being like, hey Jodoro. I mean, not Joe. Hey, Jolene, I hear you're a big shot now. Walking around beating people up if they don't eat. If they don't eat. If they do eat. If they steal money. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe we should be uh, part of a gang in this here prison. And then she'll be like, oh, I love being parts of gangs. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna... in one when I was 14 years old, she yeah. says. We got to take down this prisoner who's part of this gang. And then, by way of Jodoro... Not Jodoro. By way of Jojo rules, they'll beat up the lady that... Hermes is having a feud with thereby befriending, thereby befriending her. her and becoming best friends and that'll be the lady with the green yep. hair that's all spiky at the bottom who has the gun yep Nick did the rough shape of that character's hair with his oh. hands um Nick also side point Nick you did comment when we were watching the OP today mm. about uh 
the don't frequent use of don't bring them up, please. No, no, about the frequent use of discs as a mm. uh, symbol in that sequence. Yeah, there's a lot of discs, and now you know about that. But they're flying around everywhere. It's almost like it's an important objective yeah, in this particular but it's story. Like, it makes me think that that guy is going to come back a lot more than most of the other villains in most of the other parts, right? Yeah, it's almost like they're setting him up as some sort of antagonist. Yeah, but like if we like think Kira, about, yeah, but like who is there for a full like two thirds of that story? But what about the boss? The boss isn't there for two-thirds. Yeah, but his shadow looms over everything. That's true. That is true. And just like Dio looms over everything. But Dio doesn't fight directly. He's just like, whoop, be careful. Oh, that's what you're saying. Like, he's going to be actively showing up and fighting people. Because in the other parts, they all kind of take like a backseat to... Kira gets a couple goes goes around. Oh, Kira gets more than a couple goes. He gets more than his fair share. Kira gets there and then is like, oh, but what if there was more? What if this show was about me now? Yeah. Sorry, I don't see how this is your bizarre adventure. Yeah, it seems more like that manga artist's over there. Yeah, so maybe... Yeah, I mean, it it might be that he just shows up a lot more. Yeah. Or it could be that he keeps taking other people's stands. Oh my god. Or implanting, like, Star Platinum into everyone. <laughs> because as we all know, yeah, he... the only foolproof method of distributing movies is by burning Yeah, I was going to say, he goes home to his computer, burns the Star Platinum yeah. CD onto a bunch of other discs, and makes a bunch of bootleg Star Platinums. He makes a bunch of bootleg Jotaros. <laughs> yeah, you forget. I've already backed up your father. <laughs> what? But that's impossible. Impossible? More like, and then shows like... You wouldn't download a dad. <laughs> You wouldn't download a father and then like every single anime protagonist with daddy issues is like, I would if I could. I would if I could, absolutely. It's like, well, here's one for you. Well, Nick, I look forward to finding out what happens next time on Hermes's Kiss. But until then... Kiss. Hermes's sticker. (laughs) But until then... To to be be continued. continued.